I'm having a little fun in church today. That was, of course, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun in church. Amen. That was, of course, John Mayer's 2007 hit, Gravity. But I love the first line where he says, gravity is working against me. Working against, ain't that true? I mean, if you're over the age of 30, you know that gravity is working against you. That's why we have all these skincare products, right? All these oils and all these treatments and all these lifts. <laughs> hey, I ain't hating on, on any lifts, okay? Uh, but I did learn something this week that there's actually a lift for bat wings. Do you know that? It's called a bat lift. That's true. They actually can lift those. If, if you already knew that, raise your bat wing. No, but there's really, there, there's really this stuff. Now, football fans are going to watch the negative impact of gravity this afternoon. You're going to see footballs that fall short of the crossbar when field goal kickers kick it. Why? Because of the negative impact of gravity. Does anybody know who the uh, record holder is for the longest field goal in the NFL? Huh? Justin Tucker, that's right, for the Ravens. That's exactly right. Last year, he kicked a 66-yarder, but that is not the record. The record is actually held, not, not it's the record for the NFL, but beyond the NFL is actually a college kicker, Ove Johansson, all being Christian is where he played for, and they, against East Texas State, back in 1976, he kicked a 69-yard field goal. Probably not gonna happen today. Because of gravity. Do you know that gravity even affects our anatomy and physiology? Your circulatory system is influenced by gravity. Did you know that the blood pressure below your heart is actually higher than above your heart? Did you know that? That's why when they put that device on your the cuff, the, the, it's actually called a sphygmomanometer. That's your word for the day. It's not supposed to be up here or down here. It's supposed to be at heart level. Do you know that 70% of your blood actually pools below your heart because of gravity? 70%. Unless you have one of these. That, friends, is a good old-fashioned Inversion table, and what inversion tables do, thank you, Shane, is they, uh, they simply do what their name states. They invert you. I'm going to tuck this in just in case. There we go. All right? And it allows blood to rush to your head and supposedly has uh, some good influences. Obviously, it doesn't help my sagging cheeks, right? But that's gravity. And I want to ask you, while I'm in this precarious position, I want to ask you a question. Y'all look great, by the way. What if, what if gravity was not sent by God to work against us? But on the flip side, what if gravity was sent by the Most High God for the purpose of working for us? We're kicking off a new series we're calling New Ground, and you may be saying, well, Pastor John, why are we doing a series on new ground when it's the last day on old ground? You must, you're off by a week. Mm -mm. You see, the way in which we cross over into new ground matters immensely. 
it matters. You see, the, uh, the Israelites, if you don't believe me, you could ask them. They crossed over out of Egypt after 400 years of Egyptian slavery. Woohoo! We're going to cross over in a miraculous fashion over the Red Sea and we're going to be free. Except they weren't. Why? Because they brought Egypt with them. They brought the false gods. They brought all that ideology. You could say they got out of Egypt, but they never got the Egypt out of them. And I just wonder today, is that not the case for, for some of us? I want you to hold out your hand. Hold out your hand. Now, you notice in your hand, God gave you some cracks between your fingers. And this word always says, says well, well, don't let something slip through the cracks. Well, what if there are things that are meant to slip through those conveniently created cracks in our hand? You, you see, I think sometimes we carry things into a new season that were never meant to make the journey across that threshold. See, I, I think sometimes we, we, we bring our gods and our, our yesterday's blessing, yesterday's anointing, all those things, some are good, some are bad, but with good intentions, we bring them, we import them into the new season. And God says, I gave you a gift called gravity to allow those things that weren't meant to make that journey to slip through the cracks and let gravity do what gravity does. Perhaps we're supposed to experience loss before we cross. I'm calling this message the gift of gravity. The gift of gravity. Say it with me. The gift of gravity. Thank you. That's going to bother me. I'm ADD. The gift of gravity. It's a gift from God. Joshua chapter 1. The Israelites just left Egypt. And now they're going to spend the next 40 years in the desert releasing the gods of Egypt. So they, they're camped right there at the precipice of, of, the, of the promised land. They're just east of the Jordan, six miles. They're right there. And Joshua, who took over for Moses, Moses died. Joshua takes over and he says, I'm not gonna let the same mistake happen. I'm not gonna repeat the Red Sea, Red sea mistake. And so what he does is he uses the gift of gravity. He employs the gift of gravity prior to crossing. Check this out. Uh, Joshua 1, verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. That's for someone today. Someone, so God wanted you to hear somebody to get your provisions ready. God's doing something. He's taking you on new ground. Not just, this isn't just for the church. This is for you. God's taking you somewhere new. And he says, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for, for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, more about that later, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you and until they, they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. 
After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered, Joshua, check this out. Listen to this response. Whatever you have commanded, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Weren't these the same jokers that were just whining as soon as they got across the Red Sea? They go from whining, we want to go back to Egypt, to worshiping. Was that worship, Pastor John? Well, the greatest form of obedience is worship, right? Your worship is the greatest form of obedience. And, and, and so they, they, something happened. You know what happened? 40 years of gravity happened. 40 years of, 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 of releasing in the desert the very thing they were meant to release in Egypt. What's in your hand? What's in my hand? Lord, thank you that you would speak to us through your powerful word of God today. God, thank you uh, for, for dealing with us, for encouraging us, for challenging us, and for ultimately preparing us for the cross that is ahead, God, the, the crossing that we're about to partake in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so how do we allow gravity to do its work? In your life, in my life, in the life of this church, what do we do? Number one, we release our trust. Release the trust. What do I mean? The, the, the trust that we put in people, the, 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 the trust that we put in things, the trust that we put in stuff, because stuff will never let you down, right? Release it. Release those things through the cracks of our head. Let, let it fall to the ground and let gravity do what gravity does and release it to God. And say, I'm putting my trust in you. So verse two, this wasn't in our text today, but I'm gonna go back to go forward. So back in, in verse two, God tells Joshua, he says, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. Did you hear specific instructions in there as to how that would take place? No. He didn't give them the plans. And see, here's why, if we're being honest, it's so difficult to trust God. If, you know, trust God. Okay, thanks, Pastor John, got it. Trust God, I'm good. No, it's hard to trust God, and here's why. Because God gives us a promise without a plan. God gave you a promise, but he forgot to give you. He didn't forget the plan. Oh, I'm not done yet. He gives us a promise without a plan, in the midst of a problem. Anybody there right now? Yeah, he gave you a promise. He spoke something to you, but didn't tell you how it was gonna happen. In the midst of chaos. What's up with that, God? A promise without a plan in the midst of a problem. What was their problem? Their problem was a thing called the Jordan River. Now, who's been to Israel? Anybody been to Israel? And who's been baptized in the Jordan? Anybody been baptized? Yes, you've been there. Me too. It's awesome. It's, it's a great experience. But where they baptize you in the Jordan and where we go, where all the, like, the tourists go, it's bougie. It's not where they crossed. Okay? They crossed south of that. And where they crossed, it was uh, 100, 100 feet wide, 10 feet deep, and most importantly and most problematic was the current. The current Especially, the Bible says in chapter 3, they were crossed in flood season. So we know the current was crazy. In fact, in 1854, they had a swimmer, professional swimmer, they hired to try to cross it, to try to swim across that. He couldn't make it across. 
That's how powerful that current, and, I, and you know what? Someone can say, yeah, I know. That current in my life is really powerful. I, I, I got some current drama that I'm dealing with that's really, really tough. And so check out his response. Here we go, here we go. Ready? Joshua 11, he says, get your provisions ready. Get your prov- provisions? What would you have said? What would I have said? You know what I'd have said? Anybody got a boat? We need to like, we need to, he's telling them to get food. Why? Because he trusted, he trusted that God was going to provide. And God's asking us to do the same thing. God's asking us that that mistrust or that trust in other things. He said, let let it fall. Let let it fall through the cracks of your hand and, and put your trust in me. I think a lot of us, we suffer from a trashed trust. Trashed trust. Why? Because, and it's funny that Christina sang about this earlier. She didn't know what I was preaching about, but she kind of mentioned it when she was sharing during that song. I mean, I think we, we suffer from a trash trust because we've been burnt by somebody. Maybe, it, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a pastor, or maybe you feel like you've been burnt by God, like he let you down. And, and, and so now we, we, we do the hokey pokey with God. Put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and I'll see you in about four weeks. Right? Why don't people come to church every week? Well, I mean, I, I get it. There's, there's things, but like, why don't we really trust God? Because it's just easier to kind of dabble, right? I don't, give you, I don't give you my heart, God, because I might get hurt. I don't know if I can really, really trust you. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. And I want you to know I saw you this week. I saw you this week. I don't know who it was, but I saw you. And maybe it's someone online, but, but I, I, I saw you and you were holding on to, to, to what was behind you. And you had one hand here and, and, and God was trying to take you into a new season, but you wouldn't let go. Now, I don't know what that, that is, that was, but, but what was still is because you haven't let it go. Your past ain't your past if you're not past it, right? And, and, and so you, you're holding on tight. And, and here's, I see the hand shaking, just literally shaking. Why? Because you're fighting gravity. Now, gravity can be a good thing. It can eradicate. It can take away the things that, we're meant to, that we were meant to release. But what if we don't release us and it takes us? And God's saying, let it go. Let it go and move forward because what's ahead is way greater than what's behind. Some some blessings from God have an expiration date and you gotta trust him in this. You gotta trust him to release what only you can release. And I I wanna show you something from God's word that God revealed to me. This is, some of you, you don't know why. You're like, I don't know why I don't trust God. You, You can't even articulate it. You couldn't explain it. You couldn't pinpoint as to why you don't trust God. And God showed me something for someone. And that is why you have a trashed trust. So if you go back to verse three of this chapter, verse three, God says to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot as, a, as I promised Moses. Now, who wouldn't want to hear that from the most high God? Ken, I'm going to give you every place you set that size 12, every place, the sole of your foot, I'm going to bless you. Like, who wouldn't want that? 
right? And spirit-filled churches like us, sometimes we, we love to like, you know, oh, I want that Joshua blessing. Oh, come on, God, give me that Joshua blessing. Come on. Everywhere I set my foot, everywhere I set my foot, I'm going to be blessed. Woo-hoo. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Read the next verse. Verse four, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. In other words, everywhere you set your foot within the specified boundaries I gave you, Ken, you will be blessed. Here's what I'm trying to say from God's word. This is for somebody. Boundaries, blessings have boundaries. Blessings have boundaries. There's a line of demarcation that God gives us a little box to play in, right? And God says, I'm gonna bless you there. God, why aren't you blessing me? You said you blessed me in Phoenix. Well, you moved to California. Last, last service, I said California fornication, but I got convicted because my friend's here from California. I can't, I can't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But like God said, go here, be here, right? And so for someone who's suffering from trash trust, maybe that answers why. Maybe that helps answer why, because maybe, maybe I, 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 I went outside the boundary of blessing, and, and maybe that's why I'm having this trust issues. But God's saying, release your trust. Release your trust and let gravity do its work. Second thing, release your timing. Say timing. Timing, timing y'all, y'all need to act a little. Your, your, your enthusiasm is so encouraging today. <laughs> Thank you. Amen, back in the back. Oh, I, mean, I know you. You were the one that, the, yeah, I remember what you said a couple weeks ago, snake in the grass. No, um, no, he's a good guy. Um, so release, release our timing. Is there anybody by show of hands who's waiting on God for something? Yeah, a lot of us, right? You're waiting on God and you're like, and, and I love the text because they waited 40 years and then he's like, uh, in three days from now, we'll cross. Like we waited 40 years and now we gotta wait three more days. But, but three days for someone feels like three weeks. And for someone, it's three months. Someone's been waiting for three years, and I venture to say there's someone in here who's been waiting three decades, 30 years for God to do something. God spoke something to you. He promised it to you, and it hasn't happened yet. Such are the ways of God. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. If he spoke it, it will happen in his timing. We got to release our timing and trust him. That's what I had to do this past year. Remember? You know what I'm talking about, January 9th. We were over at Vista, and I stood up on that stage, and I said, uh, God's doing something kind of crazy, and it seems like it's bad timing. Uh, but they started scheduling dates over there. And by the way, perspective, Vista is a 1,400-seat venue, the best you can get in, in uh, Surprise, the best in our area. And so we had that reserved until they started scheduling stuff unbeknownst to us. We find out, and we're like, well, so I guess we have to move. Well, the only place that was open was a place called Shadow Ridge. Now, you have to understand Shadow Ridge has a very bad history uh, from, for church plants. Uh, not, to my knowledge, not one church that's planted here, and there's been many, has, has made it out alive. So, you know, I, truth is, in the flesh, I'm like, I don't really want to go to Shadow, you know? It's like a graveyard for church plants. It's like Hotel California, you know, you can check out any time, 
you want, but you can never leave. Anyways. So, but then, but then God gave me a word and I spoke that prophetically to this church. And, and I know, so here, here's what it was. If you remember, uh, God took me to Haggai chapter two, verse nine. The, uh, the Israelites were returning from Exelonian, uh, uh, what's the word? Wow. But, huh? Exile. Exile. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate you. Phil Donahue, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a compliment. So they're returning from Babylonian exile, right? And, and they, the Babylonians had destroyed Solomon's temple. And so this guy named Zerubbabel begins to build a new temple. But when the people who saw the old temple saw the new temple, they're like, whoa, that is underwhelming. Like it's super small. He worked his butt off for two years and they're like, it's too small, right? And, and, and so people are getting discouraged. And this is what the, the Lord spoke to the prophet Haggai. He said, and, I, and this is what I spoke to the church. I said, the glory of this present house, that is where we're going, we were at, we were at Vista, so we're going to, going to Shadow. The glory of the present house, that being Shadow Ridge, will be greater than the glory of the former house, that is Vista, that we're in currently, says the Lord Almighty. I said, God spoke that to me, I'm speaking it to you, and I know what you thought, you thought, he has to say it. He's a salesman for Jesus. You know, I, like I'm some sort of used car salesman. Like, no, like, I really, like God spoke that to me. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm speaking it to the church. I know the odds are stacked against us. I know churches don't do well here. I know it's way too far west, right up against the White Tank Mountains. But you know what? God spoke it. I'm going to set it. And don't you know, we grew from 600 people to over 1,000 people now. <laughs> and not just, not just numerical growth. More importantly, there's been spiritual growth, life transformation that's, a, that's a happened here. And so give God praise for that. See, what, what I want to try to point out is that oftentimes we impose yesterday's timing on today. We all do it. We do it in our spiritual life, but we really don't oftentimes do it in, in the natural. If we, did it, if we did in the natural what we did in the spiritual, we'd laugh at ourselves. Let me give you an example. If we impose yesterday's timing... The 90s, man, the 90s was awesome. I loved, I loved MC Hammer. Remember? Remember? You don't, you don't know nothing about MC Hammer, do you? do you? Do you know what hammer pants are? See, you don't know nothing. They don't teach you that at GCE, do they? Oh, A, you go where? AC, okay, they definitely teach you that. There. That's a good school. No, I'm, not, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I love all of them. We got people from GCU. I'm just joking, guys. Don't take me seriously when I'm wearing this. <laughs> Stop videoing that. That's going to be all over. Ugh. My point is, this is what we do spiritually. We impose yesterday's timing, the 90s, or whatever it was, on today. God, why don't you do what you did yesterday, today? And here's what happens. We... we that's what, that's, what, that's what Israelites did. Oh, it's getting hard out here. It's getting tough out here in the desert. Can we just go back? Moses, take us back. We want to be slaves. Just, I mean, come on. How bad is it really to be enslaved and, and be disenfranchised and taken advantage of and disparaged and all that and maligned? Like, it's fine. We do that. That was yesterday's timing. Here's what I want to tell you. All the men 
of fighting age in Israel, which was 20 years of age or older, they all died. That was part of the repercussions for their sin, right? And so the Israelites died in the desert because they refused to die in the desert. You with me? They died in the desert physically because spiritually they failed to release yesterday and wanted it back and wanted to bring yesterday and impose it right in their hand. I want Egypt back. And I wonder who's, who I'm preaching to today. And God's saying, trust my timing and release yours. Cool thing is next week we're going back to, to the vista. And, and if you look up the word vista, it means opening. And isn't it interesting that we're going back to an open door that only nine months ago was a closed door. And such is the way of God. Like sometimes a closed door in one season is an open door in the next. And I would submit that God closed that door so that he could open it wider because we're going back bigger. And I'm just talking numerically. I'm talking spiritually. Bigger, stronger, and we're going back with the favor and the blessing of Dysart Schools, which let me tell you, prior to that, and I'm going to be careful what I say because this is being going all over the uh, interweb, uh, that you know, our relationship wasn't as good as it was. And I'm really thankful for uh, Jim Dean. He took over as the, um, um, as the uh, superintendent, I guess, and he's been awesome to work with. And so we're going back with favor, with blessing, with more spiritual strength, more people, more leaders, more groups. Thank God for that. And so, so here's, here's what I'm, I'm trying to say to you. Friends, don't allow your shadow to eclipse your vista, okay? Don't allow yesterday's timing to somehow cast a shadow on the opening that God wants to do in your life and in my life today as we enter new ground. Don't allow it. Don't allow your shadow to eclipse your vista. But Pastor John, you don't understand. I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and I see nothing. Let me encourage you with the dear words of Corey Ten Boom. Heaven has no panic, only plans. Amen? Release your timing and let gravity do its work. And lastly, we're going to release our treasure. God's asking you, to put that treasure in your hand. And what's not meant to stay, just let it fall through the cracks and let gravity do its work. Verse 14, your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. So basically everything that means everything to you, that being your wives, children, livestock, your whole life, that has to stay. You have to leave all that and come fight. And I wonder if God's asking us the same thing, to say, those things that you hold so tightly to, God's saying, they're mine before they're yours. See, I had to learn this. God's been teaching me 
this, like, this past, I don't know, past month or maybe two months ago, Levi decided he wanted to uh, be a fireman. And uh, there's part of me, man, that like was like, had this utopian little version. You know, I had his future all written. I, want him, I really want him to come and serve at the church and maybe someday work full time and help me fight Satan together. And God's like, no, he's gonna fight fires. And he's probably gonna save someone's life and he's gonna be a great witness and, and be huge where he's at, right? And so, but I had, to, I had to release that treasure. Like starting the church, you know, four years ago, I'm thinking, okay, I got a great pastor's wife and I know what she needs to be for me to be what God's called me to be. And, and I think I probably imposed that on her. And, and, and she's in a season now where she's like, you know what? I got to find my voice within this. And I'm so proud of you, Cindy, for, for doing that. And see, that's how God is. Because here's the thing. God calls you son. God calls you daughter. There's no grandkids in heaven. He was always, she was always daughter before spouse, right? Your son or daughter before anything else. Take that treasure and release it. And then, then they had to release their livestock. That's their living. That's how they made their, their money. And God asks us to do the same thing. He says, Malachi 3.10, just take 10%. Give it, to, give it to the storehouse. The storehouse is the church. And I know that's a, oh, that's a topic. You can't talk about money. Well, if I love you, I will. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about because you need money in your salesman. No. The kingdom of God will be forcefully advanced with or without me. You better believe it. You know, God, God can call anybody. But, but my point is, I care about you. I care about your life. And I know personally, she'll tell you, we used to tip God instead of tithe to God. And I don't, we had all sorts of challenges because I wasn't leading my family the way God, this was years ago when we were first married, but like I had all sorts of challenges because I wasn't faithful because I wouldn't release that treasure. And I think sometimes we settle for false treasure. That's exactly what happened to two and a half tribes. So you say, there's 12 tribes. How did these two and a half tribes get on the east side of the Jordan? They got on the east side of the Jordan because they asked Moses to make a concession, which he did, and allow them, two and a half tribes, to stay on the east side when everyone else went to the promised land. Here's the problem with the east side. The east side ain't the promised land. They literally settled, no pun intended, they settled on the wrong side of the river. And I wonder if we're settling on the wrong side of the river. And you know why they did? They did so because the, the agriculture the topography, was, it was perfect for, for bulls. And so the green grass provided nourishment for the bulls, fodder for the bulls. And so they raised the bulls on the wrong side of the river. And I just wonder, I wonder if, if that's us sometimes, that we put our treasure, our focus, our hope into green grass, on the wrong side of the river. Hmm. You know who likes green grass? My dog, Murphy. I put in green grass, and you know what he does on that green grass? Yeah, he does that on green grass. And it makes it even greener, which is kind of weird, because then we can see where he, he went to the bathroom. But I guess what I'm saying is, God is a blessing for your life, and don't let bulls steal your blessing. <laughs> don't let bulls 
rip you off of what God meant to give you. I think a lot of us, we have some bulls. I talked to, I met with somebody uh, a couple weeks ago, great guy, goes to this church, he's probably here today. Um, But he was talking about how he's got this call to ministry. He says, I'm called to ministry. I know I'm supposed to be in ministry. He says, but you know what? I make a lot of money and I like nice stuff. And don't groan as if that's like, oh, I would never do that. Mmm. You take away, mmm, out of the, you, yeah, I'm going to say that. You, you, I'll run you off. I'll run you off. God, get, thank you for your, your patience. Here's the thing. We say, mmm, as if we're not the ones in the story. And God, I think sometimes God's saying, mmm, to me and to you, right? And, and, and so just be careful how we respond because I think sometimes we got our own bowls to deal with. Someone says, oh, I want to go to church, but I, and I'll be there so long as the Cardinals don't play during church. <laughs> that is a bowl. Yeah. And, and those people who missed church last week because they played, how'd that turn out for you? <laughs> they got their butts whooped. And he's, I like the, I like the Cardinals too. Like, I hope they win, but my destiny, my, 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 uh, my life and my focus and, and whether I rise or fall isn't predicated on the way a, a pigskin goes through the air. It's predicated on Jesus Christ and who he said I am. Amen? Because he spoke that about you. And, and sometimes we just allow a bull, a bull to, to steal our blessing, to rob us of the thing that was rightly ours, God-given by the Most High God. They were literally... And you can't make this stuff up. They were literally raising bulls in a town. You know what the town was called? Six miles east of the Jordan? The town was called Shittim. It's true. Look it up. It's a Hebrew word. They were raising bulls in Shittim. Bulls in Shittim. I'm not bull Shittiming. Okay. You know you're going to say it in the parking lot anyways. But the shatim is a a Hebrew word meaning acacia tree. And the tabernacle was made from acacia wood. The uh, the burning bush really wasn't a burning bush. It was an acacia tree. Um, What else? Um, The Ark of the Covenant was made from that wood as well as the corn... Crown of thorns was made out of acacia wood. Yeah. And here's the thing about living in Shittim. It was named after that because there were so many trees, so many acacia trees in Shittim. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Shittim is full of thorns. Full of thorns. What do I mean? Well, the Israelites, they uh, started having relations with uh, Moabite women against God's command. And so God sent a plague and wiped out 24,000 of them in Shittim. And I guess I'm just asking, are you, am I, are we living in Shittim? And if you are, would you recognize it? You see, back in uh, 2011, I had... uh, I was at a church in California. I'd been there for four years. The church went from 1,500 to 2,500. Things were going great. And I just finished my doctorate. So I'm like, you know, I think I'm ready. I told my wife, I said, I'm ready for the next level. 
the next level. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing about it now. Trust me, she wasn't. She wasn't then. The next level. And uh, so I interviewed in the godforsaken land of Michigan. Oh, yeah, blue. Yeah, you got us last year. I'm, I'm a Buckeye fan, so. So I interview there, we get the job. And, and, and by the way, this was uh, the, the 2,500 church. I was leaving that to go to this 10,000-person church with multi-site, and I was going to be the, the guy at the main campus and blah, 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 blah. So I justified it, right? I, you know, oh, this is God's will. <laughs> you know, be careful what you say. It's God's will because you're going to have to stand before God and give an account for that. And so I'm, yeah, I'm careful to say God's will anymore. But, um, and so we would go out there, we would try to find a house, right? And we couldn't find a house because the market was crazy. And we had a travel trailer, a 32 foot travel trailer that um, had a quad bunkhouse, but it was still really tight because, you know, six kids and, and my wife homeschooled in this travel. So here we are at this campgrounds, beautiful campgrounds. But it rains all the time in Michigan. Sorry, Gary. It rains all the time. It's dreary. And so my wife's in this little tin can box trying to homeschool the kids and makes matters worse. It didn't have a sewage hookup. It had water. It had electric. But it didn't have sewage. And so I had to buy one of these things. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shane. Gentleman and a scholar. So... This is called a poop caddy, as it's honey wagon, okay, honey wagon, there you go, honey wagon. That's a euphemism for poop. I mean, I think Cousin Eddie would have a couple of different names for it, but you know, whatever. So I had to buy one of these things, and I literally had to tote this from where our camper was, 150 yards. Let me tell you something. I don't know, I know how much water weighs per pound, but I, all I can tell you is the weight of that was very heavy. And the humidity of, of Michigan, I got sweat dripping off my brow, pulling this every three or four days because she feeds them so much because there's nothing else to do. So she's overfeeding the kids. They're making deposits that they should be making. And daddy who got to the top of the mountain, 10,000-person church, is toting the Shatim. And let me tell you something. We spent 99 days in that camper. 99 days and, and probably 50 trips of, of this. And you can learn a lot. I felt like uh, Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. Remember? He's crawling through 500 yards of... Yeah, that's what I felt like. But God whispered to me. God spoke. And, and he said, he, he said, are you going you to release this stuff, this, this, this treasure? See, the truth is, I hauled this way more than 150 yards. I hauled that Shatim 2,000 miles, all the way from California, right, to this new dream job. God was dealing with my treasure, my version, my, what I thought was treasure really wasn't treasure. It was my own identity being wrapped up in what I do. And if I go to a bigger church, 
that must mean I'm better in your eyes. And God says, oh, son, this is gonna, you're going to have to haul a lot of shatim to learn this lesson. But one trip at a time, God spoke and God spoke and God spoke and God spoke. I didn't experience loss before I crossed. I crossed from, from old ground, California, into new ground, Michigan, and I took something with me that I wasn't supposed to take. And so I had to experience loss. But it really wasn't loss because you know what it was? It was surrender. We talked about this the other night. It was surrender. You cannot lose what you've already surrendered. It's not loss. It's not loss if you surrendered it. I didn't lose nothing. I surrendered it. Hold out your hand as we close. Hold out your hand. What is it? What is it? What is it? What's, what's in your hand? Is it, is it the trust that you're holding on to in something or someone else other than the most high God? Is it God's timing? Where are you at, God? You should have done it by now. Is it, is it treasure? Things that you thought were so meaningful, so important, and God just saying, let it all slip through the cracks and let gravity do what gravity does. Will you release that today? Here's what we're going to do. If this message is for you, if God's asking you to release something with every head up, every eye open, I'm not going to make it easy for you. And if this isn't for you, then stay seated. But if this is for you and you want to release something today, I want you to stand up right now. Stand up. If this is for you. You don't get any extra credit in heaven. No special reward. No bonus points. But you do get to be obedient and reap the rewards of obedience if God's speaking to you. And that's enough. If he's enough, that's enough. What I want to do is I want to pray over you. Now, there's nothing special. I'm, I'm just a regular guy, but, but God's special. The God we're praying to is special, and I believe he's going to do something special. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I see the, the shackles falling off. I see weights hitting the ground. And I thank you, God, that you are at work. The Most High God ordained this moment. You knew who would rise from their chair today. You spoke directly to their heart in, in, in a way that a pastor couldn't do. And so, God, I thank you for the freedom that people are experiencing in this very moment. God, I, I, I thank you that whatever it is that someone toted in today, whatever we're hauling, that we wouldn't settle for a life in Shatim, God, but we would release that which we were supposed to release, and it would fall through the cracks. And you would be smiling in heaven when you see it happen, as you see it happen right now in this moment. I pray for freedom. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for miracles, God. I thank you for obedience in this moment, God. And even if that's not seen today, God, the seeds of obedience have been planted and you will birth something in the new season that was planted in today's season. We stand on that truth. We thank you for it. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for a church that refuses to settle for less than what you've called us to do and called us to be. I thank you and I speak blessings and power and strength through the name of Jesus Christ. It comes from you. I speak that over every person watching online, every person here, every person who is releasing the weights that they were never meant to carry. It stops today. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for gravity. Take it away. Take it away. Take it away. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God praise. Come on, let's praise God for what he's doing in this place. Woo. Amen. And grab a quick seat. we got one more thing to do before we leave. It's, 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 a, it's the last thing we're going to do in this building. It's the very last. What do you think the last thing should be, we should do? 
we're going to, we're going to commission another church. Where are you at, Tribe City? Come on up here. Come on. This, so as you guys know, sorry, I'm going to move. This kind of ruins the moment. You know what I'm saying? It has been disinfected. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Give Shane a hand one time. Come on. All right. So, yeah, yeah, come on up. If you're from, if you're from uh, Tribe City Church, come on up. We're going we're we're to play, pray over you. Here's the, here's the cool thing. So, we are a kingdom church. I don't know if you knew this. You don't belong to me. You belong to Jesus. Okay, you're never mine. I thank God that you trust me and, and that you allow me to steward the, your gifts, um, your hearts, your servanthood, like all that. Like that, that's, that's huge to me. But like, you belong to God. And, and we are so excited now, the Tribe City Church is not a gathering church plant. However, they are a kingdom plant, and we are about, capital C, the big church, right? Anybody who's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are for you. And, and so we are, this Pastor Jonathan and his wife, Christina, we are so excited for you guys. Um, and it, it's so cool. We actually had another church that drove all the way from um, Chandler that was here today. Uh, and we prayed over them as well. They, they came today because they heard about their church plant from Chandler and they heard about what God was doing here and they wanted to drive here and then check out what God's doing. So isn't that cool as we, that people are like looking for us how to, as imperfect as we are, that's crazy. So anyways, I'll say all to say they're, they're planting here in this building. Their first gathering will be January, January 22nd. So if for some reason at that point, January 22nd comes and you're like, you live around here and you're like, I know the gathering's gonna, they're buying land around here and ultimately we're gonna be here. But for a while, for a couple years, we're gonna be at the Vista. If you decide, you know what? I wanna go to church here. Praise God. We support you. We release you. You be blessed. You go where God leads you. The best place for you is to be in the will of God. Amen? Amen. And so, so with that, uh, we're gonna pray over uh, Pastor Jonathan and Christina. But before we do that, I wanna, this is kind of dear to my heart. Ready? La da 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 da. Oh, holy of holies. Okay, I'm joking, but this is this is the mic. Is Bob? Did he? He went home. Okay, he was here for a service. So, long story short, this was the mic four years ago when we planted this church. We had no support, not a pot to pee in, right? And 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 we met in my house, and I'm like, I need someone to buy a mic. The word of God is going to be spoken through this mic, and hundreds of people are going to come to Christ. People probably thought I was crazy. Everyone except for Bob and Deanne Mead. They bought this mic. They said, you know what? We believe in you. We believe what God's going to do for you. Bought this mic, 700 bucks. So this mic is very near and dear to my, my heart, right? And we want to give this mic as just a, just a blessing. It's, it's symbolic. Maybe you'll preach through it. Maybe you won't. But it, it, uh, we just want to embrace and kind of pass the baton of this building on to Tribe City Church. And Pastor Jonathan, it's now yours, brother. Amen. And we, they're going to be in the lobby. If you want to meet them, you want to talk and hear about their church, Tribe City Church, they'll be in there. You can't miss it. The only other shirt that looks like that is your Dallas Cowboys shirt. Someone had one on that looked just like it. But other than that, you'll find them. They'll be out there. We want to support them. We want to embrace them. Uh, Pastor Jordan, would you come out, uh, come over here and just, would you just ask God's blessing over uh, Tribe City Church and Pastor Jonathan and Christina? All right, church, let's stretch our hands forward and, and just pray for this team. 
God, thank you. Um, thank you that, God, you're sending workers into the harvest field. Because, God, that's, that's what your word says and that's what you're doing. And, God, we thank you for what you're going to do through Tribe City. That, God, we, we may have started tilling the ground here, but, God, you're going to reap the harvest. So, Father, right now we stand, God, not just as, 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 uh, as the gathering, but as, as Christians, as big C church believers saying that, God, we're behind Tribe City. And that, God, we're going to see people in this valley find and follow you. And, God, they're going to do it through Tribe City. And, Lord, we pray that, God, as they plant, that, God, we'll, we'll see that, God, as your word says in Hosea chapter 2, that, God, this will become a valley of hope. That, God, they're going to leave a legacy here. That, that God, of, of life change, of transformation, and of healing. And, God, we pray over Jonathan and Christina that, God, you bless them. That, God, you strengthen their marriage. That, God, you, you bless their family. Because, God, they're going to do some hard work. But, God, with your hand and your blessing, God, the reward, the favor, God, the fruit is far beyond what we can think or ask or imagine. And, God, we believe that here. God, we believe for revival and an awakening to start, God, through Tribe City Church. That, God, it'll be a church of diversity and age, of color. God, of, of, of people far from you that come and find you and find life and hope. And, God, it's going to start here. And, Lord, we pray your hand on Jonathan and Christina. But, God, also this entire team. Because, God, you're just beginning to draw people in. And, God, I pray in a few weeks, they're like, what the heck do we do? <laughs> There's so many people. And then, God, they're going to keep reaching people for you. So, God, we give this building, even though it's not ours to give, God, we, we hand it over, God, to the new tribe city, God, to the new church of this house, and that, God, we're going to see lives changed. That, God, we're, we, we, we're going to cheer them on, and, God, we're going to stand with them, that, God, if, if, if the vista's too far, we're going to invite people to tribe city. So, God, do what only you can do. God, bless them, encourage them. Give them all the resources they need and let's see life change happen through Tribe City Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise for Tribe City. <laughs> TBC. I love it. Again, they'll be in the lobby if you want to talk with them. Uh, and next week, don't come here, right? Next week, if you, if you want to go to the gathering, that is, we're going to be at Vista Center for the Arts over there on Greenview and Park whatever. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. You know where it's at. Be there. It's going to be awesome. We have a bunch of stuff planned, some really cool stuff going on next week. We're super excited. We're excited for what God's doing here, and we're excited for the new ground that God's given us. Amen? Amen. God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you back here. Or